This is On the Block with Stricken Austin. Nebraska Basketball Hall of Famer and nine-year NBA vet, Eric Strickland. Strickland for three! And you're going to go out of here as the Big 8 tournament champion. Coming at you live from the heart of Lincoln, America, on air and online at theticketfm.com. Brought to you by Mary Ellen's Food for the Soul. This is On the Block with Stricken Austin. Hold up. Hour two on a Tuesday here in Nebraska's capital city. Here in the 402, Austin Norman, Eric Strickland with you. Going to get into Nebraska basketball versus Michigan State in just a second. Huge game. Hard to overstate the importance of this game for, for both programs, really, in terms of their standings in the Big Ten and their postseason prospects. And then at the bottom of the hour, we'll talk with Steve Sipple. You hear him here every morning on early break with Sip and Jake and Coach Bill Bush. Really appreciate having him. Uh, in studio as well. Uh, and we'll have the crossovers, DP in the building, Jay traveling. Uh, but first, I need to let you know that On the Block is presented to you by Mary Ellen's Food for the Soul. We were so close to seeing Strick and Mary Ellen's tonight, but instead it's got to wait uh, till state tournament time tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, it sure does. Got to wait until tomorrow, but that's okay. I will be in the building. Also tonight, I'll be in the building for this uh, Michigan State game as well. Looking forward to it. I know that the crowd is going to be absolutely energetic. Um, it's going to be up to the Huskers to come out and, 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 and lay down the gauntlet and say, not in my house, not in the vault, baby. We're going to get it done. Nebraska 15-14 and 14 overall, 8-10 and 10 in the Big Ten right now, currently sitting in 10th place uh, based on uh, tiebreakers. So if they stay in 10th strict, they avoid playing on Wednesday. Their first game would be on Thursday. That'd be a step in the right direction. Their, their task tonight, handling Michigan State. Michigan State, a, a solid team. These teams have met once before. Um, the first time they played was Nebraska's first game of 2023. Uh, Nebraska was just coming off of a win over Iowa, that 66-50 to win. Michigan State uh, hosts Nebraska then in East Lansing right after the new year. Not a good showing from Nebraska the first time. They lose by 18 points on the road. Uh, Strick, only an 84.8 offensive rating. Really below average. Really bad. Nebraska shoots 2 of 16 from 3, 8 of 20 from the free throw line, and only 23 of 55 overall. Not a good performance for the first time for the Huskers in East Lansing. But here's the thing. These are not the same teams we saw then, especially Nebraska. Nebraska's... Uh, two starters, Emmanuel Banwell and Jawan Gary, both played that game. They shoot three for 12 combined, only uh, six points between them. Casey Tominaga only played 11 minutes in that yeah. game. He uh, only hit uh, one shot, hit one, one two-pointers, all he hit, didn't hit a three in 11 minutes. That's all he did. Nebraska is drastically different than yeah. the first time they played Michigan State. Do you think this current version of Nebraska is a better matchup for the Spartans than the one that went up to East Lansing? I think that they they've kind of identified and they understand what they need to do, how they need to win, what they need to do to win. And so, you know, this team is looking to get their fifth straight. I mean, it's been, I think, since 2000. And I want to say, no, it's been since 1998, 97, 98, since they've had five games that they've won in a row. That's a long time. Um, That's. one of the things that we're hoping, but one, here's some good signs though. Nebraska's five and one in the month of February. Um, they've, um, 
Well, that's the number that I'm talking about, mm-hmm. um, where they've actually had six wins in February uh, for the first time. That's the that's the number I'm looking for since 98, 90, uh, 97, 98. Um, there, there's a lot of stuff that they're playing for, Austin. Uh, when you just look at the stats of this team, there's a lot of similarities to them. Um, they're scoring what they scored last year with such a – they had more, op, I think, offensive prowess last year. They're scoring just as much only by a couple of points mm-hmm. less than when the, they had offensive juggernauts, mm-hmm. right? Uh, all that talent. Um, they're shooting the ball better in percentage-wise. Um, their three-point percentage numbers are not better, but they're not shooting as many. So they just got to continue to be efficient and effective there. Um, I love that their assist numbers and their uh, their turnovers are down. So there's a lot of good things that they're doing better this year than they have been in, 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 in last season. So, um, you know, against this team, they're going to have to play very solid ball. They can't mm-hmm. give easy opportunities. When you have great guard play, you you want to be set. You want to be ready. You want to be able to know where things are coming from. You don't want to get in helter-skelter situations with good guard play and give them just lanes, uh, making lanes available for them. So, um, you know, their transition D's got to be good. They're, they're not turning the ball over at a high clip. has got to be good. Um, they've got to know uh, and identify what – Michigan State's going to be trying to do them def- do to them defensively. And when they get shots that are open, they've got to hit them. That's just the kind of night that it's got to be. If they if mm-hmm. they if they do that, and, they, and I'm not saying they got to play a perfect game against this Michigan State team, but they've no. got to play a solid game. There can't be just an area where there's a, a like a a highlighter that's just <laughs> lighting up the whole area of that stat mm-hmm. sheet. You don't want that. So if they can do that, then they'll have a chance to win this game. I really do. I do believe that. But again, how are they going to um, – what's the word? How, how are they going to come into this game knowing that there's that much on the line? That's a different mm-hmm. way of playing a game, knowing that stuff is on the line. I'm talking about postseason, um, you know, moving up. They're, you play with a different sense of urgency, right? They're not playing for that thing that they were playing for earlier, which was we hope we stay in it or, you know, let's try to save coach or they're not playing for any of that stuff. They're but playing. Now, oh, crap, we are in it. Yeah, we're, we're, we're here. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, and that's, that's a good place at times to be because there's people that don't believe. But you believe in that room. When you get a bunch of guys that believe inside the room more than what maybe the collective may believe about them, sometimes it can it can emerge and you can you can have a great showing that comes out of it. And that's what we're hoping for tonight. Absolutely. Tip off will be at eight o'clock from Pinnacle Bank Arena against the Michigan State team strict that had one of the most inexplicable results of the college basketball season last time out against Iowa. They're up oh. 13 points Gosh. with, what, 48 seconds to go, and they find a way to lose that game. That's not the formula to beat Michigan State. That was a miraculous, you know, once a season, once every, you know, five years type of comeback from yeah. Iowa. You got to hope if you're in Nebraska that Michigan State is still lingering on that one. That, you know, A.J. Hogarth is in his head about, oh, how did I miss that free throw? I just had to mm-hmm. hit that one to win it, and that he's off his game. 
you have to hope they, you know, used up a lot of their points on the road. Yeah. You know, that that's a high scoring game. It went up one one twelve, one oh six. Yeah. Even you know, even for one overtime, that's a lot of points. So yeah. you have to hope that, you know, Michigan State used up a lot of its made shots that's still in its feelings about that one. Because again, this is a team that's used to this situation. Maybe not used to being as low in the Big Ten standings as they are, but strict. Nebraska's fighting for seeding. So is yeah. Michigan State. They're part of that kind of middle tier that still has a lot to be determined, you know, with just two games to go in the season. Yeah, there's there's no question about it. You know, there's, you know, you got to be there. You can't just be, have the same crispness to your rotations that you've had before. I just love the fact that Nebraska has literally climbed from 178th in defensive efficiency, uh, in, in, in their defense efficiency to 57th in the nation. I mean, that is, that is, you know, a huge leap in into that category. They're 35th in defensive efficiency as of January 21st, and that's when Emmanuel Bandomil suffered his injury. Um, I think I think this team is showing that they have the capability of doing something unique, and if they can just keep their eyes focused on the prize. Not looking at papers, not looking and smelling themselves. They can't in any form or fashion. And everybody continues to fill and do their roles. You continue to see an emergence of C.J. Wilcher. Um, if you can continue to see everybody continue to trend upward, um, it could be a nice run towards the end of the season that they would love to have. Absolutely. So this is Nebraska's final home game. They will still go to Iowa on Sunday. Uh, but it is senior night, given that it's the last home game. Strick, you look at the four players that are going to be honored uh, tonight at Pinnacle Bank Arena. Not a single one of them started their career here. Emmanuel Bandamel uh, is the one that's not playing tonight, transfers in from SMU. The way this team talks about him, it's reverential. The The impact he made on this team in one offseason and through the what, 15, 20 games he was actually able to play, that's huge. It's it's incredible that this team talks that way about a guy that they've only you know had on the court for not even half the season. Yeah, absolutely. And and what that is is leadership. Not not only was he doing it on the court, he was vocal and even when he wasn't playing at his best, um he was still showing up to play. Um when you have a young group of guys that look up and they see that, mm-hmm. it establishes an identity and it establishes um that hierarchy we talked about about what the character of the team is. So your bars are set, and it's beautiful that the bars were set from guys, as you said, were transfer guys. Your Derek Walker, one, making the mm-hmm. decision to come back, Bandon Mill, who decides to come in from a, a leading team. Two guys that came in from NCAA teams in Greasel and, and, um, Gary. You know, and, and, and Gary as well. And so when you have that, those leadership qualities exist, and so then it starts to establish a way in which you handle business, whether it be in practice and whether it be on the court. And that's the one thing that I think Nebraska was missing that now they now have. So there's an expectation when you show up on campus, when you show up and you see us on the court, whether it's in practice or whether it's in game, you you know what to expect. Mm -hmm. And anything less than that can be addressed, and it can be addressed by the hierarchy that's now being established there in Nebraska. I don't know which direction to go next, so I'm going to tie two players together in the next senior night, and that's Greasel and Walker. 
two very different paths. Griesel starts in Lincoln, plays at Lincoln East, goes to North Dakota State, transfers back. He's been here for you know last offseason in this season. Quickly become invaluable. His leadership has been there. Derek Walker, on the other hand, has been in Nebraska for four years, even though he didn't start his career here. Like 1,300, almost 1,400 some days, Derek Walker has spent representing the Nebraska basketball team. Needed to take some time off at the start of the season uh, to, to get his mind right, get focused, and, and work through some issues. He's back. He's played pretty well all season long. It's incredible to see the bond that those two have made. You know, you hear about it off the court, how fast of friends they've become. But to see them work together on the court, that two-man game they run, it doesn't seem like two guys that should be able to work together, two guys that want to operate in the low post, that go to work as close to the rim as possible. But because they're upperclassmen, because they communicate, because they're such good friends, they've been able to figure out a synergy that I don't know if a lot of teams would have been able to use as effectively as Nebraska has recently. Yeah, and I think that's why it's important um, to what you just said for when you're recruiting in this offseason. Yes, you know who you're going to have coming in to continue to solidify that foundation um, that you have. Uh, but you're going to need a couple of additions. And I think that's why the character of those who would be coming in, Austin, is going to be important, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, You don't want any disruptive characters. You don't want any cancerous type of character flaws or issues or somebody that just comes in and just looks at this team and is like, oh, it's me. You know, you don't want that because you've really established now a we uh, mentality amongst this group and it's shown that's why we're winning um, those individuals that are in that room are going to have to uh, really come to a an idea in their minds as to we're not going to accept that we don't want to be a no part of it and and if you're not going to get in line and get in place with what we've got going here then you know you can find yourself on the outside looking in and I, I, I think that the coaches uh, uh, now understand that and I think they're going to recruit to that you know, if it's not a fit, they're probably not going to bring them in, even though it might be a talent fit. So we'll see how that works in the offseason. Uh, Brad on the text line asked, what happens next year without Walker? We're in wait-and-see mode. And yeah. here's the thing. The best part is we don't have to worry about that right now because this team still has two regular season games left. It still has the Big Ten tournament left. And depending on that, uh, we'll see what else is out there for this team. So Nebraska will have to change its play style. It's going to be hard to find another player like Derek Walker. Um, so I don't think Nebraska will, will look or play the same next year. But as long as the culture is the same, that those guys like Bandamel, Greasel, and Walker helped instill, yeah. that's the most important part. Agreed. And here's an underrated culture guy, Strick. Casey Tomonaga. Mm-hmm. Also getting honored tonight. He could still return for one more year. He's played two seasons in Lincoln, um, but he could return if he wanted to. I say Casey is a culture guy, too, because he's made Nebraska basketball fun again. Yeah. How many times do we get to January, write the season off? It's a slog to get to the conference tournament. It's yeah. done. How many times do the 28 days in February feel like the longest month <laughs> for this basketball? Just when it's it the shortest with. month. <laughs> right. Casey Tominaga didn't have you know, the minutes to start the season. He's the one that took advantage of Emmanuel Bandemel's injury, of Juwan Gary's injury. It, again, it's terrible that those guys got injured. But, Strick, where would this program be without Keisei Tomonaga's emergence, both, number one, on the court, as a scorer, as a distraction for other guys, but also just the joy and the exuberance that he plays with? Yeah, I think it's I think it's infectious. And I also think that uh, if you look at the early uh, parts of Keisei's, um his game, he, he, he looked as if he was a defensive liability. Mm-hmm. 
he's but, scrappy. But he's he worked. <laughs> he continued to work. He's scrappy. He gets hands on balls. Um, you just He's just not an easy win now. I think he's gotten stronger. I think what they're doing in the weight program has definitely been something that uh, has helped him tremendously. I think his play in the offseason has helped him tremendously because European play is a little bit more physical. They allow you a little bit, be a little bit more handsy, a little bit more body, um, you know. And so all of that has helped him to become who he is now. It's just a matter of what's next. Where does he want to to go and where does he envision himself going from this point on? Um do you have a a, a a a a huge desire to turn this into something, or do you have a huge desire to go and chase the money? In none of them, which I would be mad about. Mm-hmm. If he decided to go and chase his dream and play professionally, I would not be mad about. It. If you have NBA aspirations, then there's things on your comeback that you need to be able to work on and tighten mm-hmm. up. But other than that, either way, either decision that he make, he's made, he has made Nebraska basketball fun. That he has. So Nebraska, one game over 500 right now. The Huskers sit at 15 uh, and 14 overall. 8 and 10 in conference. Strick, everything is still out on the table. Yes, Nebraska needs some help, but can't worry about what's going on other places, yeah. though. The focus has to be 8 o'clock tonight, tip-off against Michigan State. Again, a team Fred Hoiberg has never beaten. Hadn't beat Maryland? Cross that one off the list. There would not be a better time to get that first win over Michigan State than tonight. It's kind of funny, too, because think of the storylines the first time Fred Hoiberg played Michigan. Oh, Jack Hoiberg's there. Oh, cool story. No end of the bench walk-on. Now it's Sam's turn. He's going to play a factor in this game tonight. Do you stick him on Walker or Hogard? I'd probably put him on Walker. Mm. I think Walker is a little bit more shifty. Hogarth's going to drop dimes. Hogarth's going to – he's going to look to set guys up. He can score, and he, he can be effective at that. Uh, but – Walker is, I'm, I'm at you. And mm-hmm. I think with his strength, his feet, um, his intellect, as far as in coverage, I think I would, I would go that route. We'll have to see how it plays out. Stop by, say hi to Strick at Pinnacle Bank Arena tonight, Nebraska and Michigan State. No half court shots. You're not? What if you, what if you make one tonight? That set the tone for everyone. Yeah, no half court shots, but ah. maybe a couple. We'll have to see. We'll see what happens. <laughs> Nebraska-Michigan State, 8 o'clock tonight. If you're not there, make sure you watch at 8 o'clock on BTN. And stay tuned uh, to 93.7 The Ticket. Uh, I believe you'll be on post-game, will you not, after yeah, the game? Yeah, post-game after the game. You know, And hopefully it'll be a good one, that one that we can uh, celebrate. For sure. Uh, we'll step aside. We'll talk with uh, Steve Sipple of Husker Online on 3. Also hear him on early break after this.